everybody. Welcome to the 109th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, quick reminder to please check out our Patreon if you want to get some exclusive benefits like access to our Discord and Livecast and some exclusive swag. So in a way, this is a bit of a catch-up episode as most of the stuff that we're talking about today was released in Q4 of 2023. But, you know, it's January, it's kind of a slow month, so we felt like it's a good opportunity to sort of play a little catch-up on that. I want to say right now, it is a catch-up, but... You've said catch-up three times now, that's too many times. it is because... We still have you guys releasing stuff in December. Stop it. How many times do we have to go over this, people? (laughs) Like, it is hard for, like, we have numerous rippers that are, like, late December, like, late November, December, like, releases that just somehow, you know, we skipped or just we didn't have enough time to go to. And I say, I think we do this every year. But anyways, all y'all out there, stop it. Just, just wait another month. Just wait another Release, month. Drop that shit in the beginning of 2024. Good to go. Honestly, Anyways, dropping shit in the beginning of January isn't the best idea either. Might be a little lost in the in the mix too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, but at least like I can be like when I go back, you and I, I can be like, oh wait, because numerous times have been like, oh that record was the shit I've been listening. Oh shit, that was last year. Okay, never mind. You know. Yeah, I feel like um, J- January for me anyway is a month that I. I spend just listening to shit that's like nostalgia inducing basically you know I'm like jamming stuff from like my young adulthood if you will it's the post holiday blues you gotta just like you know fill the void yeah yeah I tend to hit that the mid aughts indie pretty hard after the holidays Mm. I was in minus the bear today I'm on the right page there I was jamming uh, wolf parade and redacted (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, if Needle in the Hay is on my chart, there, we've, you should definitely check on me. <laughs> listening to all those things, plus Elliot Smith, we're not in good shape. Making a call. Yeah, I was listening to Paul Westerberg uh, and The Replacements. and um, Oh, a, that's good, though. Some deeper indie cuts, yeah. yeah. I go I go back to that pretty... every Like, once a year, that and Wolf Parade, I really, really enjoy it. So, yeah, that all being said, December, a bit slow. January, uh... Some stuff is actually already starting to drop, but we'll get to the news here in the a bit later in the episode. So with that, the first band that we're going to talk about is Sunflower. Woo! Started off with an EP. This is a quick discussion because it's basically just a two-track EP with a couple remixes, but Sunflower are a mathcore quartet from Potsdam, New York, and... Last year, the band released what I would consider their breakthrough LP, which is All These Darlings and Now Me, which saw the addition of vocalist Jeff Lassars. Chef's Kiss. Yeah, the band definitely trying out some new things stylistically, broaching some more rock and roll-influenced territory with some a lot of Americana and a, lot, like a big sing-along to close out the album. The closer of that album is just absolutely Super massive. Super emotive, dude. Really, really excellent chorus for that, but just also really chaotic on the first leg, so... An incredible way to end that e- that LP. Uh, this new EP, Come What May, which came out on December 1st via Dark Trail Records. Whoop. And lyrically and instrumentally, I'd say this is the band at the top of their, their game. It really just feels like a perfect continuation of the LP, especially with 50 Ways to Leave a House Fire. Two tracks, and I love... That's my favorite track is 50 Ways to Leave a House Fire. Um, also an amazing song title. Right. Uh, but yeah, I love the two tracks. Extremely solid. And then we just got the Math Core Index uh, community coming in here with the Void Dweller remixes and everything. It's just... Um, yeah, the it, Void Dweller remix also. Yep. Lyrically, the instrumentals just fucking slap. How Trevor is able to mix just the fucking like hip hop slash math core and just the the references, the tip of the hats. I love the every time I die reference. It's so fucking good. And then it's like that would be the reference you'd want to kind of tie with these guys, you know, just as far as like sunflower sound and stuff like that. It's great. Everything's it's amazing. Yeah, the lyrics really, really spoke to me on this one. The sort of like the working class commentary on on 50 ways to leave a house fire, like the opening line. Living every day, hoping it's the last, just ain't like it used to be. Also, five days a week, you can't ignore it this time. Beckoning for life before the sun shines. That shit hits hard. I do want to say, Sunfloor, or Jeff, Ethan, please listen to me. I did not give this EP, because y'all released it so late in the, in the year, that it did not make my EP list. But, you know, 
homeboy over here has us doing this this episode and i listened to it a lot more and god damn it this would have been on my top 10 of eps for 2023 if i just would have given it more time but also that ain't my fault everybody else <laughs> fucking stop releasing shit so late in the year this one obviously didn't escape my attention nor could it really i'm excited something to do with it but yeah really just um it, it feels like they just took the best elements of the LP, be it from the title track, be it from Crypt Fucker, be it from Someday You Will Control the Birds. Like some of the bigger highlights from the LP really feel like they're distilled and put onto this, this EP. And yeah, adding the Void Dweller remixes, I think, was an excellent touch too. Because you just you give the person a little bit more to listen to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Void, Void Dweller, just the ability to find their way into like perfect collaborations again and again within this scene is, is pretty goddamn uncanny math corn index community right the production on this album is a little more raw sounding compared to the lp i will say that but i think that it lends itself to the music because the performances sound spo- so uh sorry sirens sound so spontaneous yet clean and very precise you know mm-hmm. and they're recorded of course again with urian hackney of the armed at the box in burlington uh, vermont and it was mastered again by Zach Weeks of God City Studios. So the, the, the pedigree is definitely there on the production elements. Uh, I really like about this EP is I think it just shows the band's range ultimately to kind of almost permeate that Death, death Heaven-esque post-black metal kind of sound in a way. Yep. And putting it together so skillfully with the math core palette. It, but once again, I would the biggest thing I would say is truly a continuation from the LP because yeah. the, the momentum has not stopped. The snowballs are still rolling down the hill, man. Like it, it, yeah, it's solid as fuck. That being said, they've been keeping busy too. They are like actively writing new material as we speak. They just posted a really fantastic teaser for one of their like newer concepts for a, a track on Twitter, really vibing with it, which is a funny thing to say, but like anytime I've ever gotten hyped on like a guitar video, that ends up always being my favorite song on the album. Do did you get the whole Paul Simon uh, thing with the whole Fifty Ways to Leave the House Fire, Fifty mm. Ways to Leave a Lover? No, I didn't realize that was a reference to Paul Simon. Jeff, Ethan, is that what it is? Probably is. If 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 so, please give me the credit for that. I don't want to. I don't know if Carter or Jim contribute significantly to the lyrics, but I don't want to Jim, diminish that. Jim, Jim, Jim. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, I think 50 Ways to Leave a House Fire is, is definitely the track for our listeners. Although, the other one is also pretty, is, is good as well. It's just not quite as good. No, I favor 50 Ways. Again, I love the Every Time I Die reference from Void Dweller as well. Trying to forget that everything ends. I want to be dead with my friends. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he did the yeah, thing with the... And I tell you what. It was the thing with the music that I like. So I had to give this one a rating. I give it 11 out of 5 Jeffs. Damn, Really? I'll give it 10 Jeffs. Love it. Yeah. I guess seven out of eight Jeffs would be more apropos to the band than funnier considering a lot of their time signatures are in seven, eight. Math core index. <laughs> I don't honestly spend that much time analyzing y'all's time sigs to be, to be honest. I just, I One, listen to two, it. One, two, three, four. No. <laughs> I mean, just like I don't analyze the music that I write in terms of time signatures. I just try to put out something spontaneous and, and It's wonky. fun sometimes. I, 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 when I describe math core to and math rock to people sometimes i have to do the count off and it's fun to do it to, to songs and show everybody how many things are in four four you know oh yeah yeah every you soon discover that everything is in in popular time common time rather so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and play for you 50 ways to leave a house fire which is track two from come what may and that came out on december 1st via our affiliate label dark trail records here we go
All right, so that was 50 Ways to Leave a House Fire, which is track two from Sunflower's new EP, Come What May, and that came out on December 1st via Dark Trail Records. So the next band we're going to talk about is Odweer. That's how you pronounce it. I'm just taking a stab in the dark. It's O-D... I don't need to spell it for you. You can fucking read. No, I got it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Odweer are a technical death metal outfit from California. I think they're from the fucking Bay Area, actually. Really? Homie was like, let me buy you a beer at the bot show. And I didn't see the message until after the bot show. But okay, how, how uh, sweet is that? Also, though? rain check and you owe you uh, two beers. No, just, <laughs> now no, you owe me two beers. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. One for you, one for me. No, no, come on now. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Four beers. Like, interest. <laughs> interest. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is we're off to a really great start with this Yeah, week. this guy is really so, uh, us. <laughs> Odweer are a technical death metal outfit from California, as we already established. And they just... Uh, they just released their couldn't make the word for released. They just released their debut full length album Receptor on October twentieth. And although the band formed in twenty twenty, they didn't officially release any recorded material until this year. I guess I couldn't find anything else. Pretty fresh, that. pretty fresh, man. So the band to talk about the lineup features three static members who provide vocals, guitar, bass, and programming. But essentially, they have recruited an incredible and varied cast of drummers and other musicians from across the entire spectrum of technical and progressive metal. Yep. Including uh, Kenny Grahowski of Imperial Triumphant and John Zorn, Naveen Copperweiss of uh, Imtheos, and, uh, you know, Animosity, Animals as Leaders, etc. And Kevin Paradis of Benighted and Neobliviscaris, and Alex Cohen of Contrarian and Pier- formerly of Piron, so... Just like, wow. Yeah, dude. That's, a lot fucking, of, that's a crazy list right there. Unsurprisingly, the Naveen tracks are my favorite. Yep. They go super fucking hard. He just brings his A game on those. It's a powerful three piece. And then they, as you can tell, like you know, they're adding other other members like for the for the other tracks. But it, it, this this uh, was an amazing listen. Um, it was hard to, to pick a favorite track. To be yeah. honest with you. It's a good album. Like, I it's, wish I would have discovered this a bit earlier in the fucking year. It's atmospheric. It's epic. It's chuggy. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's great. Um, 15 minutes, I mean, I mean uh, 15 songs, 43 minutes long. It, it, it's just that perfect length. I want to say that like my favorite track is uh, the Liminal uh, Carapace. Yeah, Carapace. Liminal Carapace, yeah. yeah. Yep, that, that, that one really like stuck out to me. Yeah, I would like, I would describe it as death metal at its core, but they mix in such a, a broad range of influences and genres. They're really pulling from like, a lot of prog, obviously. Yes. You can hear that in the guitar yes. solos. They really hit that, like, cynic-esque kind of flavor a lot of the times. But yeah, the Liminal Carapace, good call. That's a fucking really good track. And that it's really groove. Um, well, pulling from a lot of, of prog there. But um, and I'm, too, also. Yep. A lot of yep. key, a lot of good key work on this album, too. Very synth-heavy. Uh, the groove-heavy tracks, almost sounding like deathcore to me, were Stench of Indemnity, Lagos, and Supplicant. So those were kind of like the ones I sort of gravitate towards a bit more, but um, I think the atmospheric is where I was getting that uh, uh, from the synth. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I mean, when you hear like a progressive element, you know, progressive metal synth, and it's just sort of very soaring, for lack of a better word. They also, curiously enough, sort of put a bit of traditional hardcore on "Not Afraid." Yeah. Yep. That was a bit of a head scratcher for me, a bit of a an outlier on this album that I, I wasn't like super keen on. But they're really trying a bunch of different things on this album. It's better than a random acoustic track. And Cower is like a straight math chord tune with the the pick tapping and the blast beats on that. Yeah, the production is also excellent on this album. It was mixed by AJ Vienna at uh, his studio, who's worked with Through the Eyes of the Dead, Cognitive, and Ground, who's a really good grindcore band. Mm-hmm. And mastered by Alan Duchess at West West Side Music. He's done Dillinger, uh, Death, Converge, Baroness, Candle Corpse, so many other people. And they recorded the guitars at home, it seems. I think all the strings are basically recorded at home, and they just sent the shit off to be mixed and mastered by more professional people. Gotta Just gotta chill? Rip those, rip those chords, you know? I think that doing guitar shit at home is just the fucking way to go. I mean, because if you're not getting really clean takes and you don't want to spend too much money on studio time, it just it makes sense to do it at your house. Yep, feel you, man. 
yeah, again, I, I'm bummed that I didn't give this record more time last year because it's just, it really is quite good. I have certain reservations. We're going to say this about every fucking release this uh, episode. <clears throat> 100%. I always have reservations about studio projects like this because it just, it continually plagues me that if this band is not ever going to gig, how much should I really care? Absolutely. We've always mentioned this, just the whole idea of just like, well, am I, can I visually see them playing live? I mean, I can, but like, is that going to happen? That's not that a hard, thing. That's not a hard rule, obviously, on this podcast, especially because we give a lot of love to people like Methwitch and the Sound Linden's creation and their Fawn Limbs and Fawn Limbs and their. Well, I mean, Fawn Limbs is yeah, definitely a, a very much a studio project. Probably yeah. never going to gig live, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's really hard to like attach myself emotionally or invest myself emotionally in a project when I just like know that it's I'm never going to be able to see them in my city. That being said, though, the, at least the material on this album is like very, very good. I'm gonna say uh, the the liminal uh, carapace though for my track. I'm not really sure what you're thinking. Any of the Naveen tracks, honestly, like Ooh, okay. he is such okay. a fucking. I, I wish that Dreams in he was the he's the live drummer, like because he is absolutely fucking slaying every one of his parts on this record, especially Cower. That has got to be the most impressive and extreme display on this record with that pick tapping and the blasting in the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the sax solo coming in there too. Really, That's just so good, dude. That really just brings it to, to the next fucking level for me, anyway. But I, I do think that "Rip from the Bog" track three, loving the harmonic counterpoint on the low end, something that this band does well. They even put it in their fucking bio, like we're all about counterpoint, basically, and it it shows in their their fucking arrangements. They really sound like deeds of flesh at times when they're hitting those really like tech deathy. I heights. feel that. I feel that. There's like low and chugging, but like high oh, guitar yeah. runs happening Yo, at the same time. Track three is the fucking ripper. I just had to like look back and like see the the placement of that. Yes. What absolutely. makes that say? So what makes that track next fucking level though? On top of all of that, is that they bring in that volume knob stuttering effect. Also, the synths coming in for that brief little flourish towards the end, and then they fade back in slowly. That was a really nice production touch on that. Nice way to close out that track. Sounds like Rip from the Bog is our fucking track. <laughs> no, definitely Cower is the track, but I did want to shout out Lagos, the huge groove on the front end of that track, Fucks, and I also want to shout out Stench of Indemnity. That's got to be the heaviest track on this album with those breakdowns, and again, Naveen Copperwise absolutely killing, serving some fucking incredible fills very early on in that track. It's, it's like they wrote that sequence specifically with those spaces and with him in mind like love it here's where the drum solos go or the, the fills go rather cower is like more than three-fourths the way down through the record which is kind of good because sometimes you know we embrace the first like two or three tracks blah, blah, or whatever well, like the, the chamber record when they open up with such a strong fucking track but yeah uh, i think that this they record brought that on themselves yeah. <laughs> i think that cower is is the the fucking the track though no no i support that i support that i i, I had a look again and absolutely cower would be the one for sure but yeah, yeah, Cower's the one for sure. Either that or Stench of Indemnity, because nope. again, the Naveen tracks are the ones that I, I prefer for sure. Dude is just, I gotta say, he's one of the greatest death metal drummers of of our era, basically. Like, And I just love that he's from Santa Cruz, because I have deep family ties there. So, Santa Cruz Day winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hmm. yes, Gulch, yes, yes. fucking, I guess they're San Jose, truly. but They're San Jose. But yeah. Drain, like, fucking, the, the death metal scene out of the early aughts, too. I just, I love... I love Santa Cruz. But yeah, so let's give him Cower, though. Okay. Oh, also, if I had to give it a rating, I would say 8 out of 10. It's not so boldly experimental beyond being expansive genre-wise. Like, they're doing yeah. a lot of different genres, but fuck me. It's just a good listen. I'm going to give it a 7 just because I don't get to see you live right now. So it is what it is. Deducting points for the lack of live performance, huh? Yep. Okay, interesting. You get one point less. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play Cower, which is tracked in from Receptor, and that came out, which is uh, Odweir's new album that came out back in October of uh, last year. Here we go.
All right, so that was Cower, which is tracked in from Receptor, which is Odweer's new album that came out back in October. So next, we're going to talk about Capsule. And Capsule are a chaotic hardcore punk band from Miami, Florida. I feel like the easiest way to explain this band is just to call it math punk. Yep. Because it's not like traditional hardcore or metalcore, as it's not really informed by metal. But it definitely feels closer to traditional punk and that the vocals are more shouted and not abrasive really you know there's definitely more shouted uh capsule have always been kind of like this as well it's not uh, definitely like the there's been a progression at all or like an aging of like the vocal style oh this is their first release in 10 plus years since uh, 2013 yeah in 10 years so that's a significant that's definitely something that's worth noting that they've been sort of um absent in terms of like releasing new music anyway capsule i gotta say um fresh it's a brief and new uh like creative sound uh they've definitely added on from what they were playing before yeah uh very unexpected wasn't expect like i did not know capsule was gonna be making more music was not my bingo card either i've seen capsule uh like when i was like you know in Growing up and stuff, I saw them, I believe, in Fargo once or twice, and oh, then in really? Minneapolis, like, once or twice. Yeah, and, like, in the earlier days, like, the early uh, 2000s. I have played shows with Capsule. I have I played a show with Capsule when they were on tour with Furnace in 2008 at yeah. the Yellow House, and I believe you were there, weren't you? Nope, not that one. Oh, wow, nope, okay. Nope. Um, but, um, uh, damn, they played at the Yellow House. Yeah. Uh, Capsule... They always kind of fall under the screamo side of things, uh, as far as like um, labels and then uh, people that like the shows they play and stuff. But they're definitely more than a screamo uh, band, uh, or really not much at all, other no, than no, like, like yelling vocals and stuff like that. Yeah, it's more um, hardcore. They're, the scream, they're not doing like a screamo approach to the vocals. But there is um, so many fucking just like groove laden melodies, the fucking up beat like so many switch ups for every song the upbeat drum patterns dude the fucking solid vocals really this was a short and sweet ep that i just really enjoyed um and uh yeah i just uh i I got i don't really got too much to say man i uh my favorite track uh would be uh uh probably ferox you know pharaoh pharaoh yeah ferox ferox yeah i don't think there's any sort of left uh, any sort of curveball on the pronunciation there. I'm Midwest, so I always mispronounce everything, so I just always have to look at you and see if I did it right. Yeah, track two, Ferox, definitely has a bit more of an angular, heavy approach, almost dissonant to it. Yeah. Track three is more of the, like, sludgy number, though, which I think really rounds out the EP, because trash track one, which is one that I gravitate once towards. Again, once again, uh, a lot of groove through all the tracks. I mean, you can throw a dart at this, you know, small track track list and you pretty much be good to go. I was going to say that I really appreciate the level of variation there are on just three tracks. Like the first track is like chaotic. The second track is more groovy and dissonant. And the third track is like sludgy and more like, um, it, it just goes on for a bit longer. So yep. yeah, it's really good. Like, this is a good comeback for this band. I, I really, really enjoy all their music. Blue, especially, obviously I think that's the, the fan favorite, clearly. Yep. If you look at streaming numbers or whatever, but yeah. So if I had to give this a rating, I give it a seven out of ten. It's hard I, to rate EPs with like such like a, a scarcity of actual material to sort of digest. But I'm giving a I'm giving it an eight for sure. I appreciate that generosity. Yeah. It is really really quite good. Like I went back and I went back to it a few times. Like I would, it, but it was maybe go back to blue because of that. The the groove, the amount of tracks. And that upbeat drumming just like kept hitting me right. It's eleven minutes. What are yep. you doing, Jim? It. <laughs> what are you doing? You dingus. I think trash is is the podcast track. Though I mean, I, I respect your choice. It, it is the more angular cut, but I, yeah, I think trash is just like it's like gas, you know. Bring it on, baby. So we're gonna play trash, which is track one from Ferox, which is Capsule's new EP that came out on December twelfth. Here we go.
All right, so that was Trash, which is track one from Ferox, which is Capsule's new EP, which came out back in December. So next, we're going to talk about the Fawn Limbs Nadja collab. Fawn Limbs are a transatlantic math grind outfit from Pennsylvania and Finland, and Nadja are a ambient doom metal duo from Berlin, Germany. And they just dropped their new collaborative album, Vestigial Spectra, on November 24th via Roman Numeral Records and uh, Wolves and Vibrancy, well, excuse me, Wolves and Vibrancy Records. This is like the Chelsea Wolf Converge collab all over again. What two unlikely candidates to come together on a, a respective project? After listening a few times, if we're going to take the two, I'm taking this as my favorite child. Oh, no contest. Okay, all right, sounds good. No contest. I mean, yes. I like I I love Ben Chisholm specifically. That's a weird person to cite in the Chelsea Wolf camp, but like those Cal- Calaveras kids, man, they're just such fucking great musicians, and they consistently put out good shit. But that's for another discussion. I I would like to say that this release specifically, um, it took Christian and I quite a few tries to like get into and five five listens at least before i was like okay like if you gave me a listen just like one listen to this record i would have written it off and been like nope not having it i wrote it off on my first listen literally i was like texting you and i was like no bro this ain't it it sounds like every track playing at once so (laughs) randomly as i was kind of looking through reviews seeing how everybody felt about it like as i'm looking through reviews one day trying to make notes christian hits me up like text me and he's like yo like this is actually not that bad like this is like got some like heat behind it i think what i said is i think i smoked enough weed to enjoy that to enjoy that yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um so i want to say right off the bat like off this like conversation i'm having here with christian here uh like a lot of the reviews it was really funny um because as i'm listening to the record i'm like like reading reviews and a lot of people are almost like they're like hey wait wait don't hate it right away wait wait and like trying to like giving you this cautious thing a lot of the reviews were like uh give it more time give it more of your energy you know what after the 10th listen da 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 like that kind of thing i was like jesus christ everybody it's like just reading the comments here i also want to preface this by saying this isn't a preface any longer but we're day one fans of fondlems we've basically been following them since the earliest ep we covered that very first ep and yes every subsequent release we have offered some sort of commentary on i mean this like podcast, but i mean christian runs dark trail uh, uh, christian released fond limbs like in yeah, the past, yeah, yeah. you know in what i'm past, saying like so. yeah yeah uh but uh overall this this took some time but god damn it it was a really beautiful it's mix. a grower not a shower it, dude i'm telling you because like the thing is with this uh sometimes fond limbs especially in like the last few eps it's a lot it's so chaotic and i feel like nadja like kind of like dipped into their like recipe and like just droned it out a little bit because they're they're already one of the most experimental and prolific artists in our scene right now and um with some fantastic output the entire way like that early run of eps is all good the three lps are all excellent from i mean the harm remissions production is like admittedly not great but Post Sleeper Vessels, this band has the production has been really fucking solid. Mm-hmm. I will say that they really did peak with the especially narrative driven Darwin Falls, though. That sounds um, you and I both are stuck on that one, and it, it really, is, yeah, it, it branched. It's a great out, concept. It's incredible, and it, it branched out and embellished all the elements from the Thrum EP that really I think tickled me in a particular way. But it's just this is a really adventurous record more adventurous so but just it's just a little more it's a little more experimental production wise I, I i feel like in a way um they, they were trying to like further up the ante on the experimentation yes. and it is undoubtedly their densest record yet everyone agrees on that but unfortunately i think there's varying levels of success in like combining those two sounds i don't think they're always especially successful i like the idea of the collab record versus the like like this is a a split you know this is like a combo of each so it's it's i'm bored of splits personally yeah so i i like the i like the concept of it you know what i'm saying like i i I love a good concept album sometimes they hit sometimes they don't but i do want to say um for everybody out there that likes fawn limbs if you like that math grind 
this might be for you. It might not. And then for everybody out there that loves Nadja, like they're more drone. It might be or might might not be for you. But what I'm saying is like this is a, a beautiful 50-50 combo here going on. It's like chocolate milk, you know? You got the chocolate, you got the milk, you throw it together, boom. I should say that there's a lot to draw fans of Mathcore to this release, of course. Obviously. I'm I mean, you have Lee Fisher from of Psyopus, formerly a touring member of Psyopus. But if, anyway. what, I'm, what I'm saying is, sorry to cut you off, but if you're looking no, for no, 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 no. a Math Grind record, this might not it. be your thing. This is if not, you're looking no, for this a drone it. record, might not be it. Right, but right. if you're looking for both of those, hmm? Yeah. I mean, there are like two metal tracks, but those are the only ones with like the almost instantaneous payoff. Yes. The rest of the tracks definitely make you wait for Ooh, I want to know what your favorite track is um I mean ob- obviously black body radiation curve is, is my favorite track my that's, dude that's my favorite track too but when I the first time I heard that though again it just sounded like the entire fucking record playing at the same time that's fun limbs it's a lot of chaos. No, but with the the, the Nadja, <laughs> the, the Nadja stuff really, I feel like it's like it's like listening to the album through a cloud. It was like a a fog over obscuring fond limbs for me, and maybe that's because earlier on in my listening, I was sort of focused on trying to enjoy fond limbs alone and not just like ignore the elements that Nadja was contributing. But once you can see the big picture, I think that you you can you know get more enjoyment out of this element out of this hmm. album okay i'll give you that it's just like i don't think that they came together as well as they could have on their the the tracks that were supposed to be collaborative uh, every track is supposed to be collaborative but yeah like red shifted and blue shifted is just basically droning synth and bass with fawn limbs peeking out here and there like fawn limbs are not really present in those tracks other than some like brief vocal and like drum flourishes the moments that are more droney and doomy that I might attribute to Nadja often strike me as very sleepy too. Like, <laughs> there's that. There's that. Yeah. So when the two are coming together, it does like I said several times. It kind of sounds like more than one song playing at once, and, and it pains me to say it. At times, it can come across as a bit of a mess too. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, the production on the metal sequences is roughly the same as like I was saying from Sleeper Vessels on. It's it's better than the Harm Remissions era and you know before that i do think that they they came together pretty successfully i'm wrapping it up here don't worry uh i think they came together pretty successfully on the last track though metastable ion decay that one was great man if not just through sheer repetition that one is very memorable for me a lot of good motifs and it's just uh it's like a, a bit like a dirge feels very very cathartic so i think the album closes pretty goddamn strong Agreed. Um, you know, not throwing any you know sand in their eyes, no, no, no. but um, even though this is a 2023 release, I still would not have thrown this on my best ofs or like uh, that kind of thing. Um, it's just no. it's this is not my favorite release of Fawn Limbs, yeah. and I am focusing on Fawn Limbs because this is where Same. the math core comes in, right? We're not like Nadja's. We don't cover Nadja. And they're, they're, they're thing, in, so. therein lies the problem for fans of this music. I think that if you go into this album just seeking enjoyment out of a big picture and not focusing on Fawn Limbs and not making them the main focus, you will start to find Nadja's contribution contribution more meaningful. Absolutely. For me, it just took smoking a lot more weed to unlock that to sort of become less mindful about what I was hearing out of Fawn Limbs and just more than the, the collaboration in general. And here at the MathCast Studios, we are always ready to smoke more weed. A.K.A. my apartment or A.K.A. Levi's my apartment. apartment. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Yeah, we're always ready to smoke more weed, y'all, just so you know. If you ever see us in person. So. Favorite? Black body. Yeah, Black Body definitely is the track. Cutting uh, you off, Black Body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Distilled in Observance is the other quote-unquote metal track that's a bit more to the point. And then Metastable Ion Decay, that massive closer. I'm, we're not going to play that for our podcast listeners. So, oh, rating though. I'm going to be a little rough on you this time, Fong Limbs. I'm going to give you a 6 out of 10 for this one because I don't feel the collaborative elements were as successful as they could have possibly been. I'm going poker here. I'm matching Christian with this six. It's definitely worth a listen as a fan of the band, though. I'll say that. Will I be revisiting it? Probably not many times. 
I think I'll sooner revisit Darwin Falls if I'm going to go back to anything in their back catalog. I didn't save it, like on my on my on my list. You know, um, overall though, it was a great uh, album to like just like blast through. And also, like I felt like you know, you and I we put our work in and we got to find a, a better enjoyment of it and a little more depth with the record. You know, but uh, I, yeah, yeah, we like overall, literally invested time into the record to to get that enjoyment. I think I'll move on. <laughs> yep. So we're going to play for you Black Body Radiation Curve, which is track two from Fawn Limbs Nodge's new collaborative album, Vestigial Spectra, that came out on November 24th via Roman Numeral and Wolves and Vibrancy Records. Here we go. Okay, so that was Black Body Radiation Curve. And that, that's track two from Fawn Limbs Nodges' new collaborative album, Vestigial Spectra. And that came out on November 24th. Molten Rice. <laughs> that, is that, I think that's a botch lyric. 
I don't know, but it's fucking amazing. I love it. So next, we're going to talk about Yatsu. And Yatsu are a uh, power violence outfit from Dallas, Texas. And they just dropped their new full-length album, It Can't Happen Here, on November 3rd. Prior to the release of this album, this band had been gigging and releasing music without a vocalist. So they were an instrumental power violence band, which is obviously very strange. So it felt a little incomplete hearing those instrumentals in that style. But the three original the three original members, the guitarist and math core index contributor Lane Oliver and drummer Josh Huddleston, who I used to argue with on message boards all the time. I had to shout that out, Josh. Gotta love love you, that, bro. Man. Keep a wolf son. And um Go oh, my keep it wolf son. Guys, keep yo, it wolf son, yo, dog. Yeah, I used to you, argue you, with this motherfucker you, you, about you. deathcore and shit all the time on message boards. You both don't know shit. No. So <laughs> no, I definitely know more than him. And uh, bassist Imran Saeed, they've recruited vocalist, recruited vocalist J.D. Sweat and Michael Briggs on noise and manipulation, making this 10 times more interesting. It's just so much more fleshed out and fully realized, and it's got such a broad appeal with how they bring together the collective vernacular of power violence, hardcore, metalcore, grindcore, and even like sludge into a very like just cohesive package. It's not particularly mathy i would definitely say that power violence is like the main descriptor but mm. they, they do definitely have a couple like mathcore-esque tracks i'll give you that for sure it's grindy it is i mean there, there's blast beats that being said my complaint is the production is obviously not great yeah it's like not such a big issue that you know that i as it is that i think that some of the performances could be a bit cleaner though like i that's that's my main issue. The production is a bit rough, but there's a couple parts that just feel like not executed as well as they could be. Like a bit shaky, you know what I'm saying? The 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 intro was an intro. There was just, it was just noise basically. Um, the second track uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, it's with- it's on. Sorry not to cut you off, but it's, I was gonna say it's honest though. They really just show all the fucking blemishes on this record with the production. Mm, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, a lot of the. Um, the, the, track two though is a banger. Yeah, track two is a banger. <laughs> but after that, like every track is just like it's just a lot of noise. There's just a lot of like filler kind of thing going on. The middle of the um, album is a bit of a struggle for me yeah. too. It really starts off strong, but yeah, by the time you get to the middle of the album, it's it, there's a bit of a dip. Track eleven though really hits for me. Matricide. Yep. Matricide. Yeah. I mean that that, that it finishes off perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the, the finishing this album is very very strong. That blueprints. Excuse me. Blueprints for future ruin is. That's the one. That's the track I was thinking of. Okay. Easily the, the most one. impressive display. Loving the the technical sequence opening sequence and uh, the politically driven anti cop lyrics. Just <laughs> you can fucking hear them in the lyrics. I didn't even have to read them. I heard them. Yeah. You know? Like it, it, it's good. Um, and then that groove at the end of the track with that dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. dun, dun it's like a primal kind of like um like caveman beat almost misanthropy impure though that's a pretty that's like the math core track of the album which is funny i'm not selecting that for the song that we're going to play for our podcast listeners but what is it going to be the track that we're going to play for them blueprints for a future ruin obviously Ooh, we're going to end it with the ender i like that yeah i i think that um i mean the reaction to this album has just been so good online like the peop- Mathcore Index followers in particular, I think, are really latching onto this because it's got that right kind of blend of all these like various subgenres. Those vocals are so Fox-ish from See You Next Tuesday. What? Which, no. Yes. Are you serious? No, no. I don't. What would you compare? Uh, I don't know. He sounds like the the guy from fucking it. No suffer. It's just like. Power violency mids. There's like no variation in his vocal range at all. I feel like that's I more like the y- vocals. I feel like that's more Yatsu with the mid range vocals. Yeah, yeah. We're ta- are, we, are we not talking about Yatsu right now? I thought we were doing uh, Crippled Will. Oh no, we're not. We're talking about Yatsu right now. Yeah, and so the vocals. Yes, it's it's just a, it's a bit monotonal. You know, like it's it's a mid range thing. Uh, I gotta say, it starts off immediately super strong. I fucking love it. It reminds me a lot of His Heroes Gone yeah. vibes back in the day. Um, Spot on. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, the the track that I really like is a scaven- uh, Scavenger Ethics. But uh, yeah, it's it's just fucking nasty, grindy, fucking sign me up, dude. Like, no, wait. um, It's not that uh, Scavenger Ethics. Uh, the, uh, actually, you know what? Scavenger Ethics would be the my favorite track from them. 
Okay, yeah, I was yep. definitely feeling track two because again, it has that bit of a it's kind of scatty staccato mathcore opening. I kind of compared these guys to right from uh, the other day when I was talking to you. Uh, the opener is kind of like that uh, Arm for Apocalypse, but not the vocal styling, but just that, just that. Bah, 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 oh know? yeah, 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 totally. I remember you saying that, which is an apt comparison, although they're pretty different stylistically. Absolutely. Yatsu has like their sludgier moments, but yeah, they're definitely more like power. More PV for, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Again, matricide track 11, I thought was pretty good too with that wonky stop, start grind core and PV with some sludgy dissonance on the back end. There's a lot of wonkiness in here. Even that opening track is just like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, exactly. With like the, what it's like whammy bar work yeah, basically. Yeah. But I think that Blueprints for Future Ruin is the strongest showing on this album. It's just got that, again, the, the primal chugging on the back end, the anti-cop lyrics, the technical opening sequence. It's just, it fucking kills. It's kind of curious that they deposited the best material a bit later into this album. Yep. Um, Seems a bit counterintuitive to me, but... I, I want to go back on the, my first comment, uh, since I knew what band I was talking about. <laughs> uh, the monotonal uh, uh, vocals and everything... I, I mean, I wish there's more range, but the way that he delivers his vocals, like I'm able to listen to a lot of the lyrics, like they're very audible. I can hear oh, exactly yeah. what he's saying. They're you know? decipherable. It's fucking discernible. Awesome. Discernible. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, 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 it's uh, very strong, very powerful. I would love to see these guys live. Yeah. I mean, kudos to, for to Josh and Lane specifically for like seeing this project through from like a two-piece inception to adding the basses to getting a vocalist to getting a noise person to shout to Lane really making this like <laughs> a complete sounding and feeling project and furthermore putting out a solid album I mean like I do have gripes about the production but like it is again it has such broad appeal to, to fans of extreme music I think that everybody will find something that they can enjoy with this hopefully next time my, my hope is that they they hit a better studio though so yeah, I think we're going to play Blueprints, Blueprints for Future Ruin, which is track 16 from It Can't Happen Here, and that came out on November 3rd. Here we go. Alright, so that was Blueprints for Future Ruin, which is track 16 from It Can't Happen Here, which is Yatsu's debut full-length, which came out back in November. So last, we're going to talk about Crippled Will. Oh, Crippled Will, the band I was talking about before, but it fucking didn't. Anyways. You fucking goober. So Crippled Will are a grind outfit from Minneapolis. I say outfit because I don't know how many members are in this. I suspect it's one person. But uh, Crippled Will just released their debut EP, Redirected Self-Hatred on October 4th. And this is a fairly short release, but it's absolutely crushing, dissonant, and techie death grind, bookended with some ambience in a way that really reminded me of... I'm just going to name drop right away. It reminded me of Robinson, and uh, me and him call it us. 
And see you next Tuesday. And uh, <laughs> cling trees. Oh, forest fire. I already mentioned these the fucking band before Which that I spot, went th- that is Those are spot on comparisons for this band. Yeah, thanks. Earlier, Christian. I was so <laughs> confused. I was so confused. Yeah, but um, that that comparison totally fucking makes sense. Anyways, I fucking really enjoyed this release. The intro was whatever. It, it didn't need to be there, but it was there. The second the second track, that whole, like, haven't been fucked so well since grade school, and then rip into oh the fucking... I was just like, God, Jesus Christ. What is that sample from? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But then, like, the rest of the inserts were kind of just, like, noisy things. I was like, eh, whatever. Just fucking get to the track. Um, overall, yeah, again, the, it's it's book. It's like the chaos is bookended with samples, which is really strong. Robinson, that was like their whole fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I hate to fucking re go over everything, but my favorite track would be "Accidental Consciousness" because I just really enjoyed the the opener same, and everything same. like that. You know, "Accidental Conscious Consciousness" is the the strongest effort on this release for sure. I mean, the the ver- the, the vocals are absolutely feral. Uh, it definitely sends some strong death crying vibes, all uh full of hell and, and clinging as well. I just like yeah, just like Yatsu, production could be a little bit better. Yeah. Could be something else. It's you know? it's not spectacular, but it's like it's it's whatever, you know? Do better. It's a fucking it, it's a very like home brewed kind of EP, but the songwriting and the execution is definitely fucking there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say that. They're, they integrate a lot of elements of black metal as well on this release, especially on the title track. Oh, homie, absolutely. You got those little blasts in there and everything like that, too? It's not going to appease, like, quote-unquote, true fans, or with a V, fan, <laughs> true fans of the genre, or the cult with a V, fans of the genre, but it's enough to get the point across, let's mm-hmm. say. Like, there's a bit of a black metal influence, for sure. I liked track four, Pillage. It's one of the shorter tracks, but just like the dissonant tapping guitar passages really fucking hit me nice. Stolen Valor, quite good as well. That's probably, that actually might be even better than Accidental Consciousness. Stolen Valor is a ripper too. I might just agree with you there. Yeah, the guitar parts, like the way they just slide around and like the ending kind of like staccato sequence, it's definitely giving math core there. Had to point that out. But yeah, I agree that uh, I think accidental consciousness, or I don't know, Stolen Bower is pretty math core. Maybe we should give him that one actually. It's deeper in the in the album. Let's give him that one. A little cool. treat. So we're gonna play Stolen Valor, which is track five from who are we fucking from Crippled Will's new EP, <laughs> Redirected Self Hatred, and that came out back in October. So that was Stolen Valor, which is track six from Crippled Will's debut EP, Redirected Self-Hatred, and that came out back in October. So before we wrap this up, just a quick reminder, if you like what you heard, please do us a solid. Go leave us five stars, leave us a review, leave us some comments. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to mathcorenix at gmail.com. And, um, oh shit, you know what? There's actually a bit of news we can talk about. Let's let's uh, let's do that. Mathcore index news. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a couple things, interesting things rolling out in the month of January. So we actually just published our best of 2023 lists as an article. So if you already listen, if you already listen to the podcast, it's a bit that's probably useless information. But if you don't make it, if you made it to the end of this episode and you haven't already listened to that other episode, you can go read the article. <laughs> That's completely fucking useless. No, it's good. It's good. Just get it out there. Plug it anyways. Get yeah, it out to the yeah. ether there. That's um, all. I like that. MathCore Next Fest 2024. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's actually going to happen, and I think it's happening on the West Coast. So if you live in the Bay Area or nearby the Bay Area, I think you'll be pleased this year. Show yourself. 
See you next Tuesday. I've just announced a run of spring dates with support from Mouth Breather, Mutual Traded, Mutual Traded rather, Noisy Neighbors, Implosive Discordance, and Thin. Crazy to see Implosive Discordance. How story. nuts is to see that on there? It's like, what? Okay. Uh, Better Lovers have just announced that they have 16 new fucking songs in the works. It's a humble brag. So, it's a humble brag. James from Fall 50 Feet was like, how many of them are good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say... James, well done. I'm going to say with that ratio, at least five are going to be good, James. I know I didn't respond to you directly on Twitter, but thinking about it right now, I, I would say that, yeah. It, it, I mean, I think they sort of acknowledged in the post that the material thus far hasn't been quite as strong. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> hey, sorry, y'all, but we got 16 tracks coming out. Hope you like them. <laughs> I, I think that they sort of acknowledged the fact that they were kind of writing from the perspective of their older projects and less as a collective band. So hopefully this new album is a bit more like a, a cohesive effort with a, a unified vision, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And not so much them just trying to like shoehorn their old band sound. It's definitely like nobody's just trying to keep making money and cashing in on everything. It's all good. <laughs> so Meth have just announced a new album, Shame. They dropped a new single and music video for that as well. It's coming, uh, they're also doing. It's coming out in February, on February second, and they're doing a run of February dates as well, mostly Midwest and uh, Southeast. But you can catch them on tour then. And they're on tour with Death Death Club. See you next Tuesday. Blackwater Sniper and God, it's a terrible fucking name. And the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir. Shout what a out. crew! Holy shit! Yeah, that last name is the most exciting. Deep regret is not seeing them when they were here in San Francisco. I really fucked up by doing that because they're so good. I gotta say, I'm by, by this teaser, the single "Shame." I'm not especially excited though. I feel like they're trying to channel the same energy from like tracks like Inbred, and it's um. It's a bit too repeat heavy for me. Hmm. Okay. It's like six minutes of noisy fucking. I was gonna say it's just daughter's worship kind of, you know. I feel that. I totally understand that. I, I think that to a certain extent, a lot of Seb's projects channel that influence, but um. It's like later daughters too. That's like. Eh. It's just not. It's not doing it for me. But no. um, you know, obviously, we'll we'll give it a shot. They're, they're a fucking great band, so I look forward to the rest of the album. What else? Oh, if you're in Europe, Callus Boys are... They're there right now. I think they're playing Lithuania or something tonight or tomorrow. So you can catch them on their run of European dates in support of Tesseract. Speaking of Dabois, they just announced a new tour with 68 and the Homeless Gospel Choir in March. And it is a U.S. tour. So can look forward to that. Apparently, they, they just fucking spontaneously planned it over social media. I haven't actually confirmed with Carson if that's true or not. I'll let you know, though, personally. Mm -hmm. Last Chance to Reason are back with their first new single in over 10 years, I want to wow. say. Wow. Yeah, Homely, the, the vocalist of The Contortionist is now the vocalist of this band, important to note. It's okay. There's no screaming. <laughs> but I guess New Contortionist is pretty scant on the screaming, too. Okay, well then. I mean, I haven't enjoyed anything post Exoplanet. So. Same here, same here. Asatis, this is a bit more death metal index. Doesn't really exist anymore, but uh, Asatis have just announced their third LP, which is called Eden Trough. It's coming out in the spring, and they dropped a new single, and it's a fucking banger. Like, this band combines, like, Gorgut's Disso Death with mathcore grooviness a la car bomb, and it's just. So, 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 so good. Sign me up. So good. Like, one of the best bands in modern death metal right now, in my opinion, next to, like, Piron and, um, I don't know, Sing Me Bug. They're a bit more on the groovy side, but you know what I'm saying. Super, super, super good. Uh, let's see here. What else? Oh, Yowie have just revealed the identity of their new lineup. They've added guitarist Jack Tickner of Australian mathcore outfit Bass's Kite on one guitar, and then the homie Daniel from Cleric on second guitar, rounding out the trio once again. Love it. They've got a new album in the works. It's coming out later this year via Skin Graft Records. 
So you can look forward to that. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. It's a lot of news, man. It's a, it's a little bit of news. It's some modest news. So yeah, I think we're done here. Okay. So, sure. I mean, like, yo, uh, this is the first time we're doing the the YouTube live stream. Uh, thank you for uh, to the to the few people we got here. Uh, Our just private stream, yeah. Private stream, yep, yep. Eventually, this might be on Twitch or something more significant. But for now, we're sort of just feeling out this format and. You want to know more? Get on that Patreon, baby. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 109th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night, and stay beautiful. <laughs>